And he weighs in. Honey, back in 1987, Regina Mobley interviewed your mom and me. This is Blair Durham with Black Wall Street Today, your media hub for all things black entrepreneurship, politics, news, and events in Hampton Roads and beyond. When I say black, y'all say Wall Street. Black Wall Street. Black Wall Street. When I say black, y'all say Wall Street. Black. Black. Welcome, welcome, welcome to this 43rd edition of Black Wall Street Today with Blair Durham. This week's show focuses on building a brand and finding your voice. Oftentimes it's amazing when we run into someone we knew from childhood who has stepped onto the purpose path. We remember their innocence and we see them today fully activated in their gifts and we think, wow. Today's show will focus on two of our region's brightest stars, their journeys, their talents, their careers, and ultimately their entrepreneurship. Uh, But before we get there, I do want to invite you to join our conversation online as well. We're on Facebook as well as Instagram at Black Brand Biz and at uh, Black Wall Street Today. You can also find us on LinkedIn. Yay! At Black Wall Street Today. Um, Just, you know, continue to send your... um, your ideas. We'd love to hear from you about what you'd like to see on this show. Um, and certainly this is an interactive platform. So we thank you for continuing to do that. Our first guest, I'm so excited, is Benita Adams. She is a successful TV and radio host, author, and motivational speaker. As the owner of The Second Act with Benita Adams LLC, her passion is helping baby boomers and middle-aged women 40 years and older in their midlife journey of transformation and reinvention. The Second Act with Benita Adams is a 30-minute weekly lifestyle show that engages, informs, and educates women. Her goal for the show is to empower women, quote, to make the rest of their lives the best of their lives. Welcome, Benita. Thank you. How are you? I'm more than fantastic. That was a super abbreviated bio. We're going to have you share so much more about just who you are in your journey as we... So start us at the beginning. Benita, did you know as a child that this was who you were going to become? Were you one of those kids? and no. Actually, I, I have to say both of those. I remember when I was little, I loved television. Okay. Absolutely loved television. And I would sometimes beg my parents, please don't make me come and eat dinner because I have oh. to watch TV. I not only lo- watch different shows, but I love the commercials. And I know that there were shows, I remember elementary school, and I would literally run home so that I could see those shows on TV. Wow. So I've loved TV ever since I was a little girl. And then as I progressed, I liked it even more and more and politics and news and and I never was a very shy child. I was always <laughs> really super talkative. Really? Outgoing in the teacher. That's the amazing. only thing in the teacher parent conferences that they would say critically of me is that Benita's a good student, but she talks so much. She's always talking. Always, always talking. So and was so, it the yeah. TV that gave you that or were your did your parents nurture that in you? My parents nurtured that. My father was okay. a preacher. So okay. right there, that All says right. something, Boom. right? Okay. So you got that one, right? <laughs> got it. Okay. okay. So, I mean, when I say my father's a preacher and I grew up in the church, I mean, vacation Bible school, junior usher, 
Rogers Junior Choir, door to door evangelisms, funerals, wow. uh, weddings. I mean, we were there all the time. So okay. I grew up hearing my father preach, and there is mm. nothing like a black Baptist preacher. No. You know what I mean? Mm-mm. There's nothing, nothing like, like it. There's nothing like it. So wow. I grew up hearing so that's that. How you all got your time. start? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So then what? So how do we get into? How do you actually get into television? Well, was it just? You took that personality, you applied, and you were in, or was it more yeah, to it than well, that? Well, I uh, went to college, majored in, we called it communication arts at the time. I went to the okay. University of Cincinnati. Okay. Uh, moved into doing some theater, theater classes, journalism, and so forth. Moved into that, and then jumping forward, I went to modeling school. Not always Aww. the route that people have to take, but I remember, I remember watching a commercial once when I got a little bit older, and I said... I could do that. Mm-hmm. I said, I know I could do that. Mm-hmm. So I decided to take the route of modeling school and started doing print work and some runway work uh, and then moved into wow. voiceover work. And if you don't know voiceover work, it's, it's when you see a commercial and you hear the voice over, voiceover, voice over the pictures. Yeah. And so I got an agent. I got an agent and that was when I was still in Ohio. And I said, I want to do this. And so I, I did both sides of it. I did the on-camera work and I did the uh, just the voice work of it so too. So that was the route. background. So yeah. you did the... The communications pieces yes. in school. Mm-hmm. Decided you wanted to get into some modeling. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Wow. Loved it. Loved it too. Okay. It was it was very cool. Yeah, I loved so it. So then what? Uh, well then, I'm fascinated by yeah, stories. Okay. I'm sorry. I, I love stories too. <laughs> and so then once I uh, finished my bachelor's at the University of Cincinnati and I had started teaching on the college level at the same time at UC. Okay. Um, Through then, modeling in college. Yes. Yes, nice. I was. And so then I came, came, had my kids and everything, came down here. They were five, seven, and nine when we moved down here. Now they're 31, 33, 35. And I have my little bonus child who's three. Uh, so then I came down here, got another agent and started going on auditions. That's what okay. I started to do. And then I was in the Hampton Roads Black Media Professionals. Okay. I okay. was in that organization, met some people, and I saw someone doing traffic, the traffic reports on TV. So I asked the person at the time, I said, how do you get to do that? I said, I would really be good at that. Now, I'm the type of person, too, that when, you know, they always say, if you got it, flaunt it kind of thing. Yeah. And I say that, I say that very Humbly. nicely. Humbly. I know, I know, Not I that know. kind of that thing. <laughs> but I was like, I would really be you good at that. You just felt like you'd be good at that. So I said, how do you get that? How do you get that? Yeah. And so he got me in contact with someone at that at the particular station I was at. And um, they allowed me to do some fill-in work. Okay. When a few people were out, I okay. got to fill in. Then I got to fill in. And then the lady who used to do it, she, did, she had a second baby and decided that she didn't want to come back. She wanted to stay at home with her babies. Oh. And then what happened after that, I was doing radio traffic at the time. That's before the systems that they have now. It was one hub called Metro Traffic. Okay. And all the stations use Metro Traffic. So I did four radio stations. Okay. And then I was filling in for the television for the station at the time. Wow. Okay. But then they decided to go another route, which was uh, to get a helicopter. They decided to get a helicopter. They had never had a helicopter before. The news director calls me and said, would you be interested in leaving where you are now, coming to work for us? I said, doing what? He said, um, he said, uh, uh, doing traffic from a helicopter. He says, oh. I said, oh, yeah, yeah. He said, oh, by the way, have you ever flown in a helicopter? And I said, 
No, but I've been in an airplane before, and I bet it's almost the same thing. Yeah, and yeah. I got in that way. I got in that way. Wow. But persistence really is the key to things like that. It really is. Yeah. That's incredible. So that's how I kind of got into this field. That's how I got into it. Yeah. Man. Isn't it great? Yes. I love it. <laughs> well, it's, it's great that that you were able to kind of follow that very natural passion. Yes. So yes. you knew you loved TV. And so mm-hmm. I was like, okay, well, what do I need to do? How can I put the pieces together? Oh, yeah, for sure. I love that. Mm-hmm. Not all of us have a supernatural progression into our oh definitely <laughs> into our thing you know and so much so many times life is that it's exploration it's let me try that uh, mm, I thought that was that but that doesn't quite work let me try that no not quite so I'm not saying I didn't have any of that but I I did have a clearer path of what my skills were and mm-hmm. are what mm-hmm. I like to do and that did help me a lot as I explored some things that worked and some things that didn't work mm-hmm. And that's wow. critical. I think that's it really is. important. It is. Yeah, yeah. So, so what were some of the some of the highlights of that part of your career before we move on to talking mm. about kind of I think a part what was so exciting about that is meeting people in this community. One thing I have to say, I was born and raised in Ohio and stayed in Ohio uh, until let me see, I was about thirty-five or so and moved here. Okay. And I have to say that this community, Hampton Roads, is an amazing community, and the people who live here are amazing. And I think that that's one of the most exciting parts mm-hmm. of that job, of that particular gig, was meeting the people mm-hmm. through whether it was in person, whether it was email, whether it was that they're coming to do a I tour of the station. There, this, and not only that, <laughs> I think this is such a beautiful community. I mean, I would tell people when we would fly in the morning, we would see the sunrise. When we would fly in the evening, we would see the sun set we would see the water the sand it's it gorgeous. is a gorgeous community here so the people are beautiful and the and the community itself is gorgeous yeah mm-hmm. ladies and gentlemen if you've just tuned in this is Blair Durham with Black Wall Street today having a wonderful conversation with Benita Adams we're talking about building a brand and finding your voice so we've got one of the most awesome voices in Hampton Roads <laughs> to kind of facilitate that conversation I couldn't agree with you more though mm-hmm. about the beauty of Hampton Oh, it's beautiful. It's Whenever beautiful. I'm traveling, I'm just like, man, that coastline. Yes. Just, yeah. Yes. It's beautiful. Yeah, that's what right. I think about it too. So that's why it, it was it's such a it was such a smooth transition and such a wonderful uh, area to raise my children. And yeah. that was good, great school systems, all those kinds of things. So it was just a place for me, and I knew that, and I knew that absolutely, and I still know that. So I feel like there's two kind of distinct phases, right? So you have the, I'm doing what I love, I'm doing this for me thing. And then at some point you're like, I'm ready to give back. Yes. And I feel like we're this piece, this Mm -hmm. reinvent your life in the second act, it's like, how am I going to help be a part of change and transformation for women. Yes. Can you talk about what you're doing now? Talk about some of your work. Well, one of the exciting things, let me go back just a couple of steps in terms of how I moved into the whole notion of reinvention and transformation. The brand is uh, the second act. And we Mm -hmm. think about that in terms of almost a play. The first act of the play, the second act of the play, Mm -hmm. the first part of your life, the second and very exciting part of your life. Mm -hmm. And uh, just a couple of things that made me really realize how important that second act is one is when I became a true empty nester and uh, my kids were gone and I kind of walked around the house and thought, what in the world am I going to do now? I got this big old house. I have no children. So that was Mm. the first step. The second step is when I got my little bonus son that I didn't even know I was going to have. So at 60, I have a three-year-old and that has changed my life considerably. I'm like, wait a minute. 
I didn't even know where the aisle for baby products was in the store. I hadn't been down there in so long. Mm-mm. But they still sell baby stuff and in these everything stores. Everything has changed. And it had been well over 30 years. Wow. And so that truly, those two pivotal uh, moments in my life really made me think about what is it like to be a woman, especially in the second act, and to talk about and talk to women who say, I've been doing this for 35 years. I love it. I'm good at it. But you know what? I want to do something else. I no longer want to do this thing I've been doing. And that's the reinvention and the transformation. And sometimes, even though I'm looking at middle-aged women, baby boomers and so forth, change is by choice or chance. Sometimes we change because we want to. Sometimes life makes us change. We didn't even see it coming and it makes us change. Mm -hmm. So it isn't always age-specific. It's life-specific. It's like life says, you know what? Person-specific. We're about to make a change. You didn't know it was coming, but here it is. Mm -hmm. Deal with it. And so when I talk to women and when I'm out and about and I'm speaking at different events, I hear them say, Bonita, I want to change. I just don't know how. That's what we talk about. Mm -hmm. And I shared with you before that I just think that's that's so many women find themselves in that place, you know? They do. And they either stay where they are because Mm -hmm. of not having a resource such as yourself, you know, for guidance, or they do make that leap. Or they make the leap. They do. And I feel like your work empowers that leap. Mm. And and change is scary, though. It's exciting and it's scary. Let's make sure that we understand that. It isn't just, wow, this Mm -hmm. is so fantastic. It's like, Mm -hmm. uh, as Lisa Nichols says, with uh, knees knocking and teeth chattering, you go ahead and you jump. I would tell my kids sometimes, just close your eyes and jump. Sometimes if you try to figure it all out, it's not going to, there's no perfect time for anything. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I say, close your eyes and jump. So with knees knocking and with teeth chattering, (laughs) ladies, go ahead, men, go ahead and just do it because wow. you will be glad on the other side when you get there. Yeah, it's an exciting journey. It really is. So, what does this um, this business look like? What are you? Are you? Is it? Is it workshops? Is it? What is it? Well, right now, the the, the thing that we've done the most is we have our meetups. Okay. And uh, I'm so excited when we get into a group, a group, and we have a group of women, and we're there fellowshipping. I told you I have a church background, so we're fellowshipping. Everything has that. And and we're fellowshipping, and we're eating, and we're talking, and we're encouraging each other. And I'm planning one uh, for August or September. We're having another one coming up, and just getting together with women who can say, "Girl, I know what you're talking about," because I was there. And I understand. And let me tell you how I got to the other side of that. Let me hold your hand. One of the things, too, that I love so much and uh, that I love when second act women reach back and take will take the hand of a first actor, a younger woman, and say, you know what? I want you to have even a greater sense of yourself when you become 50 or 60 or what have you. Huge. Let me take your hand and let me show you how this can be done. So we get together with our meetups and we talk and we eat and we laugh and we cry and and we talk about our lives. And then the next step, I'm getting ready to start a a series of workshops for women. Three different parts. One is to make the plan of what what I want to do. The next part is to actually, what I call it, put it on the calendar. Okay, you really want to do this, but you know what? It's going to be this time next year Mm -hmm. if you don't get started. So that's part number two, really seeing the steps that it takes. And the third part is to really make it happen. And I'm looking for an accountability partner slash mentorship piece to go along with that. And that's how I see this all playing out. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Yeah. I'm excited. 
I'm so, so excited. You should be. This is great. <laughs> so let listeners know how they can connect with you. Oh, please. absolutely. Well, you can email me with it's my name, Benita, B-E-N-I-T-A. Benita at BenitaAdams.com. You can follow me on Facebook. That's Benita K as in King, Benita K Adams. And I'm on Instagram under the second act. So any of those ways, I I put out there our meetups. I put out all that information out there. And I'll be putting out our workshops, uh, our information out there as well. So I get excited. I get so excited when I think about change, transformation, and reinvention. It's mm-hmm. possible. It's real. Because people are going to live longer as a result of it. Oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? People call it our bonus life. Mm-hmm. We live longer now, so we have all this life. Now, what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do with this bonus life that you mm-hmm. get? You got to decide. Wow. That's what we do. Well, if you're in the Hampton Roads market, I certainly want to encourage you to join mm-hmm. us this coming Saturday. We'll be at Cutlass Grill for a public speaking yes. networking brunch and learn with Benita Adams. Mm-hmm. She'll be talking to us about how to develop that craft of being able to just open up our mouths in any environment. Um, I'll be sharing more about how you can get tickets to that event later. I love it. We love you, Benita. Thank you. Thank you so much how for your time today. This is. Will you come back? Girl, please. Okay. No, I will. Just on a regular (laughs) basis. Just. I will come back. All right. Yes. Thank you so much. You're quite welcome. Awesome. Awesome. (laughs) And now, more Black Wall Street Today with Blair Durham on Smooth 88.1 WHOV. Welcome, welcome back to this edition of Hashtag Add This to the List. Uh, I am so excited to uh, present one of my favorite people in Hampton Roads, Ms. Tawana Golson, business magnet, mogul, speaker, author, consultant, real estate broker. Is there anything she doesn't do? Tawana, are you there? I'm here. Hi. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I got to keep it real. So, so the Tawana Golson brand, right? You know, our show's focus today is building a brand, finding your voice. How have you built this thing out? You know, when I come to your presentations, there's like many Tawana faces with mohawks. Like you're just doing, doing it all. And we appreciate you so much. But I want to talk about how it is that you've built your brand. Well, for me, it is a team approach, Blair. Um, Because there's so many pieces to my brand. Yes. Sometimes it gets quite confusing. I had someone ask me the other day in media, exactly what is it that you do? Um, because there's so many pieces, I have to incorporate the efforts of others, that team of approach. Um, I wasn't afraid to hire marketing specialists. Yeah. <laughs> you know, oftentimes in small business, you know, oh, can I afford that? Oh, is that in my budget? For me, it is a necessity. It is, how can I not afford that? Um, so that team approach for me is very important so that any anyone that works with me or for me embodies the culture of my business. And that's kind of the piece I want to talk about is uh-huh. that culture, that Tawana Golson brand. You know right. what I mean? It just, yeah. it is the thing that distinguishes you from anybody else in business. Oh. How have you established that? Well, I embody it myself first. Yeah. I am my brand, you know, so I'm very careful on what I do, what I say, mm-hmm. how how I even present myself in the community because people are looking for something specific from quote unquote Tawana Golson.com. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I have to deliver that every time, even down to my hair, Blair. <laughs> you know, even down to my hair. It's my publicist says, Tawana, your hair is a brand now. People are looking for you in that hair. So you have got to keep that hair for a while. You got to keep you know? it. <laughs> so if you had to say, I know, if you had to, if you had to kind of crystallize it into five things okay. that are like the brand descriptors for the TawanaGolson.com brand, what, what would you say they are? First of all, me embodying my own self, being comfortable in my skin and knowing what I am, who I am and what my brand is. That's the first thing. Because in order for me to disseminate that to the world, to the people that work with me, um, to anyone, I have to know my own self, right? Mm-hmm. I have to know what I'm presenting. I have to know what I'm selling. I have mm-hmm. to know who I am, you know? Um, so I would say first, me embodying my brand. Not only just wearing my brand or my logos or, or being ready when someone asks me, you know, Tawana, how can I help? Tawana, who are you? Tawana, what do you sell? What's your service? I've got to be confident in that first with myself. Secondly, I have to incorporate a team. I can, look, I do none of what I do without a team. Nothing of what I do. If there wasn't a team involved with me, Blair, you, you, we wouldn't be having this conversation right now because it would be... It good. wouldn't be possible, right? <laughs> it wouldn't be possible. Um, I have to have a team of good people and sometimes they come and go. We all know, you know, their seasons and, and for me, um, with my team, a lot of times in a few years, because they're around me, they end up you know, owning their own businesses. So I, mm-hmm. I have sort of like this door, but I do have people that have been with me for 10, 15 years. So as well, they're sort of my foundation. Um, so we got the me piece, we got the team piece, and the two right. minutes we have left, give us the okay. last three nuggets. I mean, I'm, um, I'm eating. I think others are as well. <laughs> remember for, I, I just want the, the listeners to remember that everything for you is your brand. Everything for you is your brand. Okay? So always think about Think about your steps. Think about how you move. Think about who could be watching. Um, so everything is your brand. Be your brand. Um, wear your brand. Mm. And um, are, are we at five? <laughs> we could do one more. <laughs> okay. If you, if you got one more. Right, right. Well, I no, think you no, said no. a mouthful. How about this? Yeah, Let's close on this. How can we get a hold of you? What do you have coming up next? How can folks plug into TawanaGolson.com? I know you've got like book clubs and you've got yeah. launches going on here and there. Yeah. yeah, you can connect with me at TawanaGolson.com. You can connect with me on Facebook. If you put my name in, you're going to see three or four pages, my Arthur pages. Today, you can connect with me at my um, women's networking group called Lip Ladies Impacting Professional Systems. We did together a mastermind. Um, this weekend, you can connect with me on Tawana Golson's book club. Uh, we meet on Zoom first, and we have physical meetings. Um, next year, you can connect with me on the Women's Business Symposium. There's so much connection that you can have with me. Just follow me. Go on my website. I am open. I'm an everyday person right here in our community willing to help. And that's Tawana, like Tawana, Mexico, T-I-J-U-A-N-A-G-H-O-L-S-O-N.com. You heard it here. Tawana, thank you. Will you call in again soon? I sure will, and I love your hair, goddess. 
Oh, thank you. <laughs> she told Miss Benita I was so inspired by her words. Oh, she's listening now. Awesome. Thanks so much. We'll talk soon. All righty. Have a great one. You as well. Part two of hashtag add this to the list features Mr. Josh Banks. You might know him from Flex for Change or the huge annual Kids Bash. Josh, how are you? I'm doing amazing. And yourself? I'm doing well. Welcome to the studio. It's good to see you. Definitely good to good to be here. It's been a long time since I've seen you, and it's always a pleasure every time to just sit and talk with you. I'm so. glad it worked out for you to be here today. Yes, yes, definitely. You've got some huge things that you're doing yes. in this community. Yes, yes, yes. So, Tell me um, about them. Preparing for our sixth annual Kids Bash coming up August 24th. We're going to be having it at the Virginia Beach Field House. Last year, we had uh, around 863 kids in attendance, so it was a ton of kids. I don't even know how I make it past that day. It was a it was a madhouse, but it was a great time. 863 kids. So yes. out in the lobby, we were talking about babies one, two, uh, and three, yeah. right? Yes. And you're talking yes. about 863? Yes, yes. Wow. It takes a lot of uh, preparation, but it's something that I'm, I'm really passionate about. So definitely my favorite uh, time of the year, for sure. And we're looking to do it bigger and better again this year. So what's the focus for the Kids Bash? It's not a bunch of kids just being in one room. It's no, it's just about it's, fitness. It's, it's about, about it's about definitely about fitness. So my background, as as you know personally, um, personal trainer, also work uh, in X-ray as well. So I cover both sides, and I see both sides of um, whether fitness and just health and wellness. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the whole day is just premised on getting the kids up and active. You know, most summers it seems like most kids are kind of in the house or on their electronics and so forth. So we're trying to break that mold and show them how much fun they can have when they're out uh, having fun, doing different games. And we used to have an array of field day games, whether it's dodgeball, kickball, and just things for them to have fun and come together with other kids from all over and, and you know, have a great Man, time. I'm just thinking because I was there. I wasn't there last year, but I was the, there the year before. Yes, yes. And that place isn't getting any bigger. Yes. And you're talking about 863 last year, which means you're probably going to do 1,000 this year. So Where are you going to put these children? Right. So it's going to be a cutoff. So we're preparing. <laughs> we're preparing for our next level. Our okay. next level is we want to go from just doing this one once a year mm-hmm. to having a follow-up day. Because a lot of kids that come out, they have an amazing time. They're like, when's the next one? We want to do it again. We're going to hopefully have that like provided to them tomorrow yeah. just to make it a Kids Bash weekend. So awesome. um, we have everything from celebrities come out uh, from year to year, all the, all depending on who who's around locally. Mm-hmm. Uh, music, entertainment, we have the best food there, all the best food trucks. So the the whole family can have a great time. I know it's the the... The passion behind it is the kids, but right. ultimately the whole family can have a great time. We have stuff and for the adults as well. We had a great time. Oh, I'm happy <laughs> to do that. Yeah. Okay, so August 24th, yes. how can I get tickets? Okay, so if you go to our Facebook book page, um, uh, Flex for Change, if you go there, you can go to the event tabs, or you can just go in and type in six annual kids bash. From that page alone, you can get to have access to everything, see all the updates, what we have going on. Also, uh, purchase tickets directly from the Facebook. So Flex for Change. I can also yes. type in six annual kids bass. And then what what else do you need? I know you've been working through sponsors and all those great yes, things. Yes, so we're pretty... Volunteers. What do yes, you need? Yes, we definitely, we definitely do need volunteers for this year. Um, being that we're going to have so many kids, we want to make sure that they're safe and mm-hmm. that um, everything goes according to plan, especially for us to... Um, 
be able to facilitate a second day next year. We want to make sure everything works well. So yeah. uh, years prior, I've had a lot of friends volunteer and mm. they get there. Like, oh, I know Josh, I can go have some popcorn and hot dogs while I was supposed to be watching the kids. So, you know, we definitely want need people that are passionate about the community and, and want to uh, want to give back. So uh, definitely need volunteers. You can actually message me through the Flex for Change page if you're interested in coming out and, and participating on a volunteer aspect. And we need all the kids to show up. Yeah. Okay. Volunteers. How about any vending? Is vending uh, closed? We, it's almost closed. Uh, we have probably like four vendor slots left, maybe two sponsor slots left. This year we have some pretty huge sponsors on board. Yeah. Uh, with the likes of Dave & Buster's, Z104 is uh, pushing us. Um, Sky awesome. Zone, so on and so forth. So, uh, a, a lot of a lot of big uh, big things on the horizon for sure. So exciting! So proud of you. Thank you so much. And, and we know each other back from way four back in the day. Spaces. We're really um, on notes together. You said four more vendor spaces and two more yes. sponsors. Yes. yes okay. Correct. I make sure I when I share that. Okay. What were you gonna say? So. Oh, I was saying how, where we knew each other from, back from the Kaplan University that you knew me when I was doing security and still kind of figuring things out, trying to, I think at that time, go through the x-ray program. And, yeah, and you're that, building so. your brand, finding your voice, right? Yes, yes. So it's, it's amazing that that can happen. It really is. <laughs> and, and to see the growth in it, like when I went into it, I didn't really have a background in business and things of that nature. It was just passion, full passion. Mm -hmm. And to now sit and say that we're the nation's largest kids fitness event and um, be able to provide opportunities for these kids and also with my team. I have a team of people that have been with me. Some of them have been with me the entire time. Um, wow. So it's, it's, it's awesome to see the growth and it's awesome to see how much we've grown along the way as well. So Did y'all hear that? The nation's largest listen, kids listen, we gotta fitness say that event. Again, <laughs> that is huge. That yes, is yes, something Yes. That's a quotable yes. right there. And I definitely quote it. <laughs> so, I love it. It's so exciting. Yes. What else do you want to leave us with? Um, so outside of our Kids Bash event, that's our that's our event that we have uh, once a year. But we do a lot of community events throughout the year as well um, through Flex for Chain. So some of the events we had um, previous year, we had our canned food drive. We had a dodgeball tournament that uh, we accrued. Um, winter jackets for the homeless and things of that nature. We're always trying to find a need in the community and trying to meet that need. I know kids is our focus and that's our big staple event, but um, you know, if you're, if you're passionate about community work, definitely check our other events or just want to participate and give back. Um, definitely check us out. We would love to have you there. Uh, we're definitely uh, a company for the community. And Perfect. Thank you yeah. so much, Josh. Look Thanks forward for to having, having you back. Yes, yes, yes. Year after year. Talk yes. about the growth of this event. Indeed. Super excited for you. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you soon. All right. You take care. Awesome. Just have a couple of things here that I want to share. Uh, things that are happening in the Hampton Roads market, but that are attracting women from all over. Uh, the first thing I'll share is Empowering Her Weekend 2019. It's actually hosted by Empowering Her and KNR Communications. It's happening August 2nd through August 4th at the Wyndham Garden uh, Downtown Norfolk Hotel. Uh, just a weekend full of empowering events for women. Uh, there's a three-day pass. You can get more information by visiting Empowering Her Weekend 2019 on Facebook. And now for our final guest. 
super, oh my goodness, this is just a wonderful day. Regina Mobley is a regionally renowned TV news personality with a career history of exceptional investigative reporting and broadcast journalism, touching all sectors of society for a morphing global community. Named interviewer of choice for celebrities and persons of interest seeking media coverage in Southeast Virginia Marketplace, a previous Nielsen rating, Ms. Mobley offers a formidable background based on formal training and more than 30 years experience in the broadcast industry, demonstrating superior leadership, initiative, technical and diplomatic expertise, presentation and delivery creativity, and award-winning performance success. There's so much more I can say. She's now transitioned into entrepreneurship. She's currently a real estate agent with Exit Realty Central, but I'm actually going to let Regina tell her own story. Hello, Blair. Blair, how are you doing today? I am so well. How are you? So great to see you again. Even better to see you. Thank you, dear. We had a great project earlier this year at Booker T. Washington High School. Yes. 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 Conference there. It's coming back for the fall, so hopefully you'll participate again with us. That was fantastic. I I remember I spoke to the young people there and I quoted a young entrepreneur and he said something to the effect of, if you're not a millionaire by the age of 19, it's your own fault. Right, because it can happen, (laughs) right? Yes, absolutely. He trades in Bitcoin. Wow. Yes. Yeah, it can definitely happen with Bitcoin. Oh, thanks so much. I'm glad you were able to be a part of it. So let's hear more, Regina. I've got to ask you one of the same questions I asked Benita, which is, did you know as a child, did you know from young that you wanted a career on TV? (laughs) I started uh, formulating my plan for a career in television. I want to adjust this microphone for a moment. Go for it. Started formulating that plan at the age of 17. Okay. I was watching World News Tonight with Peter Jennings, Frank Reynolds, and one other anchor. And I saw the product. This is in the 70s. And I said to myself, that is the most fascinating thing I've ever seen. They took the coverage around the globe starting with the anchor in Washington, New York, and London. Peter Jennings was in London at that time. Wow. Uh, It was Frank Reynolds, Peter Jennings, and Max Robinson. Those were the three anchors who hosted that show. And at that very moment, I said to myself, this is what I'm going to do. So I set a linear course to a career in broadcasting at the age of 17. I graduated from Granby High School at the age of 17. I left in December of 78. I was enrolled at Old Dominion University uh, in January of 79. I missed the prom. I missed graduation. I missed all of that. Whoa. Actually, I did come back for graduation. I take that back. Okay, okay. Uh, And uh, I had already uh, completed a semester in college by the time I marched in high school. Overachiever. (laughs) (laughs) And so uh, I graduated from college um, in, what, 3.75 years Mm. with honors. I spent two years at Old Dominion University and then 1.75 years at Norfolk State University where I enrolled in their mass communications department. While in college, I worked at a couple of radio stations. Okay. I started my broadcast career actually on the campus of NSU in a similar facility, Mm 91.1. I was an announcer there, and then I was hired at WNIS, where I read news overnight during breaks of the Larry King show. (laughs) Nice. 
I think my first paycheck was thirty-three dollars. Wow. But you know what? I was so excited to have that thirty-three dollar paycheck. That. It covered yeah. my gas, <laughs> the nice. gasoline to get there. <laughs> and uh, I was later hired by a uh, local AM station, WNOR, where I read news uh, during the morning show. And on weekends, I was a DJ. Got to spin the hits. You were busy. I was a DJ, and um, we were the first team in the region to play rap music. Hip hop had not been invented, but we'll just call it rap, rap. music. Okay. okay, sure. And so I remember our um, music director, who's also an announcer, Frenchie B, approached the staff. Someone laughed. Someone, someone <laughs> yes. that was Frenchie B, old school. Um, he said, "Listen, uh, a record rep is uh, pushing me to play this song on the air. This is called rap music. <laughs> this song is called." Double Dutch Bus. I want you to hear this, and we're gonna vote right now on whether we should play this song. Wow. We played it. Frenchie B played it. We listened for a few seconds, and we took the vote. It was unanimous. Do not play that song. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Do not play that song. I don't know what song. you're gonna say. We thought that matter had been put to rest. Now keep in mind, back then we're playing the OJs, the Spinners, mm -hmm. the Whispers, Sounds mm -hmm. of Philadelphia, all that great music from the 70s. And you're gonna play, give, give me a ho if you got that funky bus fare, something like that. We're like, no, 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 we're not gonna play that. Wow. So one day, something told Frenchie B, I'm just gonna play it one time and see what happens. He played it. And we could not get rid of that rap music. Wow. The phones rang off the hook. Changed everything. And the rest is history. Rap evolved into hip hop. Hip hop today is of course the most popular musical genre worldwide. In fact, it is the universal language. Mm. Yeah, can't argue there. Yeah, and so I <laughs> spent some time in radio, and from radio I transitioned to um, television uh, as a beat reporter covering the city of Norfolk primarily. I did that for several years at Channel 3, and in 1992 I was hired by WVEC, where I spent 26 years as a news anchor and reporter. Wow. Highlight. Like Adams. I know, that's we crazy. <laughs> So highlights, highlights from that, that those 26 years. Okay, so let's start at the beginning. And we're going to go full circle, okay? okay? One of the first stories I covered as a television news reporter was a story about high-risk pregnancies. Okay. And this featured a doctor from DePaul Hospital and this couple, they were having their first child, the mother that the woman, the expected mother, was 35 years old. And back in the late 80s, that was considered a high-risk pregnancy. That's still considered high-risk. How do I know? <laughs> but a lot of ladies are delivering successful right, right. complications, no 35 issues. and older. Yeah. And so I interviewed the family and put that in my catalog, covered dozens and dozens and dozens, hundreds and hundreds of stories over the years, including what I believe was the very first story in Hampton Roads 
on this drug that had hit the streets of L.A., creating a tsunami of crime and associated issues. Mm. The name of that drug was crack. Mm-hmm. And at that point, when I put the story on the air, it was basically an academic story saying, authorities are keeping an eye on this. It's not in Hampton Roads yet, but it's in L.A. This might come to Hampton Roads. I went to the crime lab. They made up a batch of crack for the purpose of my story to show us, whoa, to show the audience and the law enforcement community what it looks like because this was not on the streets, so they needed to see what it looked like in the event they confiscated it on the streets. And so that was the story. We put the story on the air. And Blair, in about a year and a half, I was covering a crack murder every day. Either a case that just happened, the aftermath of that crack murder, or a trial associated with that crack murder. People were destroyed, families were destroyed, entire communities were destroyed because of crack cocaine. Mm. I cover it several, let me just back up for a moment. Uh, the intense, the coverage was so intense, at one point I was being threatened by a drug gang. I was being threatened by a drug king, and I learned later that the authorities were monitoring my travels to make sure that I wasn't harmed by that drug gang. And so things did calm down a bit over a period of years, and I covered a number of stories. So this was not all glamorous, Regina. No, no. A lot of people don't know about that. Um, I covered a number of stories, including natural disasters, hurricanes, um, Iraq War Number One and Two, uh, Operation Desert Storm, Desert Shield, uh, the explosion of the USS Iowa, the turret, the devastating story, a number of military stories, plane crashes, many, many stories. Many of them I don't even remember. Um, wow. And um, I interviewed Barack Obama. Uh, And the uh, second year of his first term, interviewed him in the White House. And that was a crowning achievement in my career. Now I am a full-time realtor in Virginia, licensed in Virginia. Yeah, I wanted to segue there too. Thank you. Entrepreneur. Thank you. And in the fall of last year, I had just started as a realtor. I was hosting a homebuyer seminar at a beauty supply store. Hmm. And while setting up for the event, this beautiful woman walks in. She was six feet tall, slender, beautiful, beautiful, gorgeous hair. And she approaches me and she says, Miss Mobley, I would like to buy a home. I said, well, I will be, I'm happy to help you. I will help you buy a home. Yeah. Okay. So I took down her information and I was on Facebook a couple of days later and I read some, I read something that she wrote saying, hi, she's talking to her dad. Hi, dad. I met Regina Mobley the other day at a beauty supply store and she's a realtor, a full-time realtor. She's going to help me buy a house. And he weighs in, honey, back in 1987, Regina Mobley interviewed your mom and me while your mom was carrying you. This was a story about high-risk pregnancies. Here we go, full circle moment. The child 
born from that so-called high-risk pregnancy is now a beautiful, (laughs) she's a runway model, Blair. Wow. And I'm now helping her buy her first home. Congratulations. How is that for a full circle moment? Thank you. And many of the crime scenes that I covered back in the 80s and 90s, those neighborhoods are being restored. We have homes in those neighborhoods selling for about a quarter million dollars. And there's a lot of interest in those restored properties. Lots of beautiful, there are lots of beautiful homes in Norfolk built at the turn of the century and mid-century homes. So I'm very excited about uh, my new career as a realtor here in Hampton Roads. Did you see it coming? Yes. Yes. So like just had a thing for, because I've gotten the book and I'm like, Maybe I'll get my real estate license. I've always had a thing for... Uh, get ready to work, Blair. Always had a <laughs> you thing work. for, like, homes. I remember but, my mom taking me as a child. We'd yes. always go to Homorama, and she'd yeah. take me to Crystal Lake. And, you know, I just like to dream. And think about it. Owning property is empowerment. It gives yes. you a sense of empowerment. When you literally have a stake in your community... And this is, as I described um, a couple of months ago at a seminar in, in Hampton... This is a crisis in the African-American community right now. For sure. Consider this. Home ownership in America among African-Americans is at a 50-year low. Mm -hmm. Why this has happened is under investigation by the Washington Post. But some of the things that have been uncovered is that there's some discrimination involved in the lending process. Mm and in how realtors interact with the public. Mm-hmm. All of this under investigation. The investigation also found that home ownership is rising among Latino families and Asian families, but falling in African-American communities. Yeah. Another culprit, college debt. Many of our <laughs> young people cannot qualify for a mortgage because of college debt. But there are are some reforms in place to change that. And I'm calling on families to take a long, hard look at how they plan for college education starting when the children are around 17. Start talking to them about why it's important to own property. Do what your mom did. Take your children around to Homorama. That's a must. (laughs) Children aside and show them what a real estate tax bill looks like. Show them what a mortgage application looks like. Show them what blueprints look like. Expose them to home ownership because we want to have a greater stake in our community, literally have a stake in our community. Mm -hmm. And what happens when you have large communities where people don't have a stake and the social science community is looking into that, it contributes to crime and other problems. Regina, how can you be reached? My number, easy to remember. Eight three three R E G I N A followed by the digit one eight three three Regina one eight three three Regina one. Awesome! I can't wait to have you back. Happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me, Blair. Thank you so much. What a joy! I'm refreshed. <laughs> I'm wishing you well with your pregnancy. Thank you. Oh man, if you're just tuning in, you've missed a treat. Uh, We had Benita Adams on the show talking about how it is that she has built her brand, her second act, her book, uh, her organization, as well as uh, Tawana Golson talking about the building of her brand, tawanagolson.com. 
We also had Josh Banks uh, with the very popular, in fact, we found out the nation's largest kids fitness event, Kids Bash, coming up October, I'm sorry, August 24th. We just finished up with Regina Mobley and the phenomenal story of her... 30 plus year career as a journalist and transitioning into the world of real estate. We're super grateful to our guests. Uh, We are building minds, building connections, and building the path ahead toward economic freedom through education. Thank you for tuning in to this week's show and be sure to join us next week. We'll talk soon. Phenomenal. Stay with us online at Black Wall Street Today on Facebook and Black Wall Street Today on Instagram. And then follow us on Twitter as well at BWS Today. We look forward to talking again next week. Have a wonderful week. I have said and I will continue to say that the most important priority for the black community is the black community, not a particular political party. Hey, yo, when I say black, you say Wall Street. Black, black Wall Street. Phenomenal. Phenomenal.